You are listening to the Coach's Ed Podcast exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I am Chris P. Um, we are in July. Our core value of the month is safety, believe it or not. Um, and today we are thrilled to be joined by Todd Corbin. So, Todd, welcome. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And, and we're going to be discussing mindfulness for the next 30 to 45 minutes, and then we'll open up to questions. But why don't you start, Todd, by giving us a little um, a little bit about your journey and what, what got you to where you are today and what you're doing? Sure. So like a lot of the, the callers that will be listening, you know, being a student athlete, I was a student athlete, a couple different sports, uh, baseball, golf. Um, that's what I played in, in uh, high school. Um, and uh, the, the challenge for me is, you know, you're good at the physical skills. A lot of times kids are really good at working through the skills development, right? You can practice a lot. But the challenge for me is I didn't have any of the, um, the mental skills, what I call even a little larger perspective, the mindful skills. So what started to happen is when I would starting to compete at a higher and higher level tournaments or various things, um, the, the little chatter in the mind comes in and says, maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Maybe the, uh, the aspects that you're looking at right now, um, whether I was playing baseball or whatever, maybe this opponent is, is too good for you. Um, you can't compete with them. All these kinds of things started to trickle in. And, and all of a sudden you realize how you can, the mind can sabotage what you're doing, regardless of how well you are physical skill wise. And so for me, the journey was through pain. Um, I uh, wasn't able to compete in college at the level I wanted to because of, of those blocks, those mental blocks. And um, until I realized what was going on in my, my mind, um, and then I was, I have a friend that he always says, he's like, Todd, if you don't stop yourself, you'll be unstoppable. And so, uh, I, I was stopping myself and it took me a couple of years out of college to realize what was going on. And then you was introduced to mindfulness and, uh, you just start looking and, and exploring mindfulness is a lot about being aware, aware of you know, your thoughts, your your feelings, your sensations, your surroundings. And then beyond the awareness, it's really, you know, it's great to be aware of these things, but then what do you do with what you know? So it's the choices. It's those mindful choices that you make. And you look in and you see what's going on. And some of it could be kind of scary. <laughs> it's a lot of, we get about 60,000 thoughts in our, in our brain every day. Um, naturally about three quarters are negative and the reason for that is because the brain it, it's that's how it's hardwired for millions of years of evolution um, and so for most of us when we go through in any experiences we'll notice the negative because that has a bigger weight and, and we're trying to be kept safe that's how the brain works and unfortunately um, that system that was built millions of years ago is maybe not as effective for life right now. So because we notice the negative, we become more anxious, maybe we become more, you know, tuning into the stresses, the overwhelms, the upsets, instead of noticing what's good, the positive things happening. 
So when I started to shift my thinking, shift uh, awareness of what was going on and figure out, you know, because for me, the biggest thing, and, and I didn't get until I started exploring mindfulness and actually competing in sports later on, was the fact that, you know, usually an event happens, something happens, it could be upsetting, could be positive, whatever. And there, you don't realize that there's actually time in between when you react or respond in that event. You think you have to react right away. So something happens, immediately you have a thought or a reaction to it. So what, what I've learned to do is to create a little bit more space in between that, a little more time. And that could be like a moment, uh, uh, even a half a second. And there's ways to, in that space, gives you a bit of calm to sort of calm the mind, calm the body. And so that's what I've learned to do. But again, the path for me in this mindfulness path for student athletes was through pain. Um, and it cost me probably playing these sports in college or, or beyond. And so where a lot of people that talk about mental skills have the standpoint they played sports at a very high level and then they get impacted by it. For me, I saw it as, as playing as a teenager and playing pretty well. And then that's when it, it, it hit me. Um, so I dealt with it early on in, in that um, arena and it, it really helped me um, see things a little bit more differently. So, uh, you know, we, we can talk a lot, but that, that's kind of my journey. I've been working with athletes for, for a number of years now. Um, been teaching, wrote a book about three years ago, Mindfulness for Student Athletes. And that's been a blessing because it's allowed me to share uh, mindfulness skills with people in about 16 different countries and find out how they're approaching their different sports and different areas. And, and it comes back to the same things. Um, in terms of ways to to feel grounded in the face of the chaos going on and um but whatever sport you're playing and and right now here you know we're talking about soccer football um you know it, there's a lot of common elements to no matter what you're doing and it's beyond even just being an athlete right it's being you know, in your relationships, in your job, in, in conversations um, as a parent, right? I know you have a couple of boys, as you were telling me. So there's yeah. all aspects of mindfulness there. Absolutely. And, you know, just uh, thank you for sharing your journey then, and uh, and open enough and being vulnerable, right, to say that you... Um, Their time to to be present and to be mindful of everything that's that's going on and going on around them. Yeah, the audio is a little jumbled yeah. here. That makes sense, there, Todd. Okay. Yeah, I caught I caught the last part of that because I think the audio yeah, okay. was cutting uh, out. Someone just I think Steve Davies said. Yeah. And I think that's because my camera's on. So sometimes I'm going to just turn up the, the volume. Um, I said, can you, is that, sir? Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's a little better. Sure. Okay. Thank you. I, I said, what I said was, is what you're trying to create is a psychologically safe space for people. Um, 
to explore and be present and, and react and not, not just uh, and respond to things by giving them that time. That's exactly right. And, and there's many ways to do it. Um, the biggest challenge is we don't think we can, you know, we don't think we have control over that piece. Um, the biggest part of like mental toughness and resilience is feeling that you do have control over your emotions, that you do have a little more control over your life, even though you don't think you do. Um, you know, it comes down to, can you control your attitude, your mindset? Absolutely. And, um, but again, we're not taught that. Nobody teaches us these skills. We have to learn things on our own or, you know, um, mm -hmm. again, maybe the pain way that I learned it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in our conversations, you know, you, you're very passionate about how we teach athletes the right way to control their mindset, right? Um, so let, let's, let's uh, I, I love the phrase that uh, your friend gave you, if you don't stop yourself, you'll be unstoppable. I love that. And then what I didn't get was, is the number of thoughts that people have. Sure. Today. What was yeah, that, so, did you say? Yeah, on average, it's about 60,000. 60,000. Yeah, which is, which is about 42 a minute, if you think about it. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, we're not conscious of all those thoughts, right? Most yeah. of those thoughts are, you know, beneath conscious level, subconscious, and then beyond that, you know, we're, you know, we're thinking while we're sleeping, and we're thinking yeah. while we're watching TV, or we're, you know, the mind is constantly wandering. Um, another uh, saying is that if the, the, monitor, the, the human mind is a wandering mind, and again, that's, yeah. that's true, again, because of how it's wired. And because it does wander, it wanders towards the negative. So a wandering yeah. mind is then an unhappy mind. And so if you're not able to get a sense of those thoughts, and then maybe not all 60,000, the beautiful thing is if you can just maybe pay attention to maybe 1% of your thoughts, maybe notice 1% and, and not only notice that, because that's the first thing to notice the thoughts, which is really powerful. Um, and you have to be a little humble because then you're starting to notice, okay, some of these thoughts I'm thinking, maybe they're not serving me. And it's also good to understand that thoughts are opinions. They're beliefs. They're not true. They're not, you know, they're, they're if anything, they're really either helpful or harmful. And so because they really don't have a lot of validity, if you don't believe every thought you think, that opens up a lot of freedom, a lot of space in your mind. But we tend to believe that we are the thoughts we think. And because of that, we believe, you know, when somebody, maybe we, you know, uh, make a b bad play on the field. Mm -hmm. And we hear one of, you know, our competitors on the other team, you know, laugh at us or, even our coach or somebody says something, it's like, oh, you know, that was lousy. You know, why'd you do that? And then you replay that in your mind. And then maybe you're replaying that three days later and you don't even realize it. So you need to gather an awareness for some of these thoughts. But imagine 1% of those thoughts. So that's maybe 600 thoughts. And then when you look at the thoughts, you basically can then label it. Well, this is helpful for me or harmful. It's almost like you're sitting at like a movie theater and maybe one day we'll all get back to being able to go into a theater, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, just imagine like you're sitting in a theater watching your thoughts on the screen and they're just, they're in motion. 
and some are bigger and some are you know stronger and some are louder than others and some are real tiny and real subtle different shapes and colors but if you have a perception that your thoughts there's a little distance a little space that you're like watching your thoughts then you can look at them and say okay immediately then you start to say well maybe i'm not that all the thoughts that i'm seeing on the screen on my mind and so then you've created you can use the same thing with a breath you take a breath as you look at your thoughts and then you're like okay this is helpful this is not helpful you could say it's positive or negative however you want to label it. you could say this is a an upset thought an anxious thought there's happy thoughts in there and joy thoughts you know so there's a lot going on in there but when you start looking at your thoughts like that you can then have more space in there and this is the coolest thing is is to take an active interest in in setting new thoughts in your mind um you know we do it with positive self-talk right people use mantras and various things but what you don't realize a lot of times with that is there's not if if you have so much focus on the negative and you're not aware of all of what's going on in there there's not a lot of room for new thoughts new thoughts that are helpful positive and so you might have a, a a mantra that says you know i'm strong but you really need to ground it in a lot if you don't have a lot of space in there but by being more mindful and looking at thoughts this is what i'm thinking this is what i'm noticing and realizing that hey i'm not you know i'm they're not me you know um some of these are opinions from that i've adopted from other people and you then have space to create and place positive thoughts back in and that's where it's powerful um, so you know that's a little bit more of an advanced mindfulness skill but really not because it just takes a little bit of courage to look and see what's going on in your your day-to-day -day mental uh, factory if you will <laughs> mm -hmm. brilliant now when we when we spoke last time todd we've spoken a couple of times and had some brilliant conversations you talked and, and Correct me if I'm wrong. We talked about the five P's. Yes. Am I right? Yeah. Do you want to you want to take us down there and um and and have some practical stuff for the coaches that they can pass on to the players and uh, yeah, and absolutely. Like so so can I backtrack even before the five yes. P's? Because I want I want to talk about five mindful yeah. anchors. Okay. So let me let me because it will make a little more sense if we get yeah. into the five P's. Makes sense. For, that support your physical soccer skills on the on the field so so with mindful anchors so just think of it like an anchor in a ship right so if you drop anchor in a ship what's going to happen is it makes the ship the boat more stable right the boat's still going to move it's still going to move back and forth right so you're not stopping the movement but you're stopping the drifting so the boat you know if there's turbulent waters and you're anchored it's going to move, but it's still going to be in a relatively similar position to where it was when it started, right? So you can have the rope and you pull back and you, that's sort of a guide for you. So if we use that analogy as a mindful anchor. There really are five ways, five things that you can use, and they're not outside of yourself. You have every one right now. You know, if you're looking in front of a mirror or look at yourself right now, they're there. They're always there. So the first one, and, and the acronym I use is the number two, the letters B set. So to be set, okay? 
And just like in any any sport, you know, you need to be grounded. You need to, when this play starts, you need to, to be balanced, right? You need to have, you know, a good grounding, a good sense of where you are. So that's what these do, like they anchor. So the first B is breath. So there's a lot you can do with breath. I say one of the, you can imagine that your breath in one way is the body's parachute to help slow you down. So when things get chaotic, when we say the game speeds up on somebody, it's really the mind speeding up, right? So if you can slow the mind down, you can slow the game down. And so one way to do that is use your breath. So I want everybody you know, that's listening right now, or if you're listening on a recording later on, just try this. So you're taking a breath, right? And we take about 20,000 a day. But as you breathe, I want you to put a little more emphasis on the exhale. So just go ahead and do that now. And just kind of, you know, Chris, go ahead. And as you breathe out, just an extra emphasis. And do that three or four times. And if we tune in and we notice how our body's feeling when we do that, you're basically, that's the body's way of releasing the tension is the exhale. That's your parachute, the big terminology, the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's the, that calms everything down in the body when things are, are chaotic. And so you can use the breath that way. You can use the breath to speed things up. There's lots you can do with it. Um, so that's the first B. The second B is body. And we're talking about your physical body. So my friend that also told me about, you know, if you don't stop yourself, you become unstoppable. He also, my friend Graham always uses the analogy. He says, be where your feet are. And for a soccer player, my goodness, you're all over the field, right? Um, but it's just a metaphor. Be where your feet are. Feel your physical body, okay? And the feet, it's nice because they're at the furthest end of where the, the mind, the, right. the brain is, right? So if you be where your feet are and you feel your body, immediately what you've done is you shut off the mental factory of the mind, creating all these potential upsets. So you calm the body by doing that. So you can literally use any part of the body. You can focus on your heart. You could focus on your eyes, your shoulders. Um, a lot of athletes wear wristbands, right? So if you have a wristband, you can literally feel that. Some some athletes, and you see, you know, you could tie your shoes a little tighter. Say you were upset, you go and tie your shoes a little tighter um, and feel that in the body. That slows down the mind because the body is responding and you can only focus on one thing at a time, really. Um, so that's a great thing. So then you have the S in the 2B set model of senses. So you can use visual things. You know, we have more than just five senses, we have about 12 because we can sense temperature and pain and balance and our position relative to other places and people on the field, okay? But just taking the five senses, you know, visually for an athlete, my goodness, that's probably the number one, right? Um, and so if you pick a point out on the field that won't change, something that you can look at, maybe a flag, um, maybe a banner, maybe the opposing goal, something, um, the stands, a speaker, whatever it is, that could be sort of your, your anchor to tune into that you look at it and you say, ah, okay, I'm noticing, I'm noticing the color, what does it looks like? 
for a moment. We're talking maybe three, five seconds. You don't have to do it very long. What that does is that slows the mind down. You could do it. You can even look at where your feet are and just notice your shoes for a moment. You know, your coach might say, hey, look at the ball, look at the play or whatever, but you're looking at your feet to get grounded. Um, and then the, the, the last two, so you got the, the breath, the body, the senses, emotions. You can actually generate positive emotions. We might not have time for that, but that's really cool. Positive emotions like gratitude and compassion and, and noticing uh, joy and empathy. Um, but you can use your emotions as a, as a mental anchor. And then thoughts, and we touched a little bit about that earlier in terms of using like self-talk words or phrases that we can tune into that will help us calm the mind down. So those are the five anchors, which really leads into the five Ps, okay? So, so let me just jump in, yeah. Todd, just to, yeah. I, I've got this. The yeah. acronym was BSET, right. BSET, uh, yes. to, be, to be set, sorry. And then yes. it was, the B was breath, body, senses, emotions, and thoughts. Exactly. And, uh, one of the questions has come in, it says, how do we develop these things in children? And I'm sure you're going to go into that with the five Ps, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can give you one, one quick way to, to do that. You know, breath is probably the easiest one. Um, yeah. So, and usually we don't pay attention to the breath because until it's like we're out of breath, right? We've exhausted ourselves or we get hurt or we're upset and then maybe, you know, what does somebody say when we're upset? You know, breathe, right? Breathe, yeah. Right? Usually breathe. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, that's good advice. But it really is good advice. So the biggest thing I would say to people, you know, with kids or whatever, because I get this all the time. They're like, you know, I do a breath exercise with everybody. And some people say, I can't feel my breath. Or I didn't even know I was breathing. Well, what if you just put your hand on your, on your stomach and just notice how that feels for just a moment? You know, athletes, you know, really, you know, you fine tune, you know, you're, you're moving on the field, but if sometimes you're moving so much, maybe you just lose touch with how your body feels in that moment again, till it's hurt or, you know, something along those lines or breaking the action. You're like, wow, I'm kind of winded. So just put your hand on your stomach and just notice how the natural rhythm of your breath rises and falls. And as, as crazy as that sounds, but as simple as that is, when you start noticing your breath, and I say if you can notice it for seven breaths, which would be fantastic, and know when you do that, the mind's going to wander away to somebody, somebody said something, a noise, uh, you know, a conversation you had two days ago, I'm thinking um, I'm hungry, what am I going to eat for dinner, all these thoughts, you can bring it back to the breath. And what you've done is allowed the mind to calm down. And it's an automatic thing, which is the coolest. It's the coolest thing because the mind is trying to keep you calm and balanced. That's the natural state of the body. Okay. It doesn't like to be upset, even though it notices things and has a potential to be upset. So if you can just notice your breath for, like I said, even if it's three breaths, one breath, if you can't make it to seven You've just given your body a little bit of relaxation. That's that's as simple as it gets, really. Okay. If you can't make it to seven. We could be dead, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. You could absolutely. Um, yeah. And another ex, ex, 
activity I can I can share really really quickly before the five P's because this is really a yeah. great one. So kids are you know there's timeouts there's everything there, we're drinking water right or water bottles and whether it's water or you know sports drinks or whatever. So again, tune into the physicality of what you're doing. You know, in a timeout, in a break in the action or whatever, you know, you come off the field, you know, you, you realize, oh, gosh, I'm thirsty. Coach says, take a drink, whatever. And you take a drink. Um, and you're not really thinking about the drink. You're thinking about mm -hmm. your play. You're thinking about the last play. Maybe it was great. Maybe it wasn't. Um, and you think about the next play. But what if you were just to tune into the drink for 20 seconds? and actually notice how it feels going in your body. Notice the color, you know, if it's a colored sports drink, you know, purple, red, you know, whatever, um, orange. Notice the weight of it. Notice if it feels, you know, if the, if the bottle is sweaty, right? Um, feel all those things. And as you drink it, and again, it's not doing anything extra, right? It's just shifting your focus just a little bit. And so if you take those 15 or 20 seconds, take a mindful drink and feel it going down your, your body. Um, and that in itself can give the pause that the brain needs to calm down just enough. You know, you come in, you could be a volcano after you come off the field, after something upset, maybe you got a penalty, got a yellow card thrown at you or whatever, um, you know. So that could be all you need. So that's a really good thing because kids always have water bottles or something, right? So. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very helpful. I think that's what the New Zealand All Blacks call uh, redhead, bluehead. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> but brilliant, brilliant, yeah. thank you. Yeah, five sure. Ps. Yeah, five Ps. Okay, so these are the five Ps are to support the other P, the important one is the physical skill and your soccer skills, right? Um, and that's what your coaches are working with and their support staff. And that's what your parents are helping you guide you when you, you know, you're in between the practices and the games, right? So the first P is your passion, all right? And when we look at passion, we look at the amount of energy you have and that you can exert for the game, the practice, the competition, um, whatever it is that you're doing. And so we're... If you look at like a, we can even look at a, an analogy of like a traffic light. So green is go, right? Amber, you know, yellow is caution, slow down, and red is like stop. And how many times do you see people go through the red, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, crash through it yellow. But anyway, you can look at each of these P's and just as an assessment to see where you're at. So I'll just give you that before we go. So P is the first P is passion, your energy, your satisfaction, your enjoyment, your love of the game. See, what I, what I find when I work with a lot of kids and when the parents and coaches reach out to me and they're like, you know, they're feeling a lot of stress. They're feeling anxious about their play. It's becoming really tough. And again, sometimes it's a higher level of play, causes more anxiousness. Um, doesn't have to be that way. I go back and we, we hit the first P. We said, well, how much enjoyment are they getting out of the game? You know, and they're like, oh. And I hear this a lot from like athletic directors when I talk to me. The first thing they tell me is like, the kids are just not having fun anymore. And it becomes like 
a, a serious business to perform at a high level. And there's nothing wrong with performing at a high level. That's what we all want. We want to compete. We want to, you know, crush the opponent, which is fantastic. But we don't want to do it at the expense of our enjoyment and love of the game, right? Yeah. So those that compete at a high level, you watch them. They love playing, right? And when it gets hard is when the passion um, gets clouded. And that that's their energy. That's the lifeblood, right? Um, so there's certain things we can do to delve into the passion, maybe find a balance. Maybe they're, maybe they're spending too much time doing other things. Maybe they're too much practicing, right? Um, and, and so we can look at things like that. So the first P, passion. The next P is power, okay? So power is your focus. How do you concentrate when you're playing, when you're practicing, when you're off the field, and when you're assessing how you did? How are you able to focus? And that is all based on your intention. Your intention is, is like, is, it's sort of like a goal that you set ahead of time. You know, we set goals. We could talk a lot about goals, um, you know, and your purpose, which is the next P coming up. But with the power, when you set an intention, it's what you want to focus on for the day, for the game, for the practice, for the half. Right. And whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, there is some kind of intention you want. Right. Maybe you're focused more on defense. Right. Maybe you're focused more on keeping possession of the ball, whatever that happens to be in that moment. In a practice, it could be a particular skill that you're focusing on. That intention sets the energy for the session. So if I want to say I want to be relentless today. No matter what comes my way, I want my energy to be relentless. And understand if you set that as your intention, everything unlike it will show up, meaning that everything that will push you to be relentless will show up in your space. Your coach will give you a harder skill to do. Your teammates might you know, really push you, but that's trying to demonstrate where you are with that intention. And that gets your mind focused and clear and aligned to your next P, which is your purpose, okay? So purpose, um, and, and this is one of the places where you can impact your passion. Again, if you're losing that passion, the energy and love of the game, it's your purpose, it's, it's your why. Why are you playing? Really, what is the meaning? I mean, maybe it started out as you like to be with your friends and you like the sport and you like the camaraderie, okay? And then it gets hard, right? You get challenged, you may get injured, and these things pop up, and you get derailed. You lose a couple matches in a row. You, you, you know, you're the keeper, and you let a couple goals go by at the end, and you lose the game. Um, lots can happen, and you lose touch with that. The whys, and these are deep whys, you know, so we go a couple layers deep. We try to figure out in that key, your purpose, what really is the core meaning of why you're playing, why you're doing what you do. And that taps into the love of the game. That taps into the, the power that you have, your focus. So it's really an important one. Um, and a lot of times, and I, and I tell coaches this a lot, you 
you realize, and, and this is great for parents to understand, number one, you cannot motivate anybody to do anything, okay? That's a fallacy. Really, and motivation comes internally. You can inspire somebody. I can give you great stories and give you tools and give you insights, and you can be inspired, but you're in charge of your motivation. Coaches think they can motivate their team to a point, yes, but I, I don't really think long-term you can't because it's individual. But when you tap into that purpose and you understand as a coach, as a parent, or the player, you understand what your whys are, that taps into the motivation of that person. So as a coach, do you know your whys? Why are all your kids playing? What is their deep why? Okay, maybe you have a sense but you can imagine, because then if you don't, if you know that and you see that there's a motivation problem for your athlete, you can tap them back into that why, that deep why, if you know it, right? Same thing as a parent. I have two teen boys and they're both athletes and, you know, sometimes they get discouraged. My, my older one was playing lacrosse in high school and he got discouraged. He had to change positions. Um, and the coach, he had a new coach and the coach was like, you got to change everything. You know, his whole mindset had to shift. And he was like, dad, I don't know if I want to play anymore. This is hard. Um, and uh, and I get that. It was hard. You know, you're playing since third grade, a position they tell you do do, do it a little differently. But he found, you know, we, we I was able to just allow him back into his why, the love of that game. He loved being with his friends for a common purpose. And he had built these connections. When he had that, my God, it was like no, you know, I, I couldn't have unleashed more power and passion in him because that's what he had. Um, and he did it all himself. It wasn't anything, you know, I don't take credit for it because um, he had that in himself. Um, and that motivated him to practice harder. And that year he actually got the most improved player of the year, um, which was amazing. Um, so that's the P of purpose. The next P, um, how are we doing? Are we doing okay, Chris? <laughs> yeah, we're doing okay. great. Okay, yeah. just check on the time here. So the next P is presence, okay? And this is what I love, this is mindfulness. This is presence as being right here, right now. It is playing full out, one play at a time, one moment at a time. And I gave you the five anchors before, right? The breath, the body, the senses, the emotions and thoughts. Tune into those, you're fully present. And see, we don't realize how often we're not present until we become present. And then we're like, oh, where was my mind? It's like if you're ever, you know, parents and coaches can relate to this or the older players that are driving, you can relate, you know, it's like you're getting to somewhere. Or maybe you remember like you're walking to class and you, you don't know where your mind was, but you got to your destination, right? And the mind wandered somewhere in that whole space. It was like, wow. Um, but that's being mindful and that's noticing and that's building a mental muscle. So the biggest thing, if you, if you look at like your physical training, I mean, you have skills development for so many different areas and skills within soccer, right? Um, you know, and, and then there's the conditioning aspect and then there's all the other pieces that go with that, all right? But the, 
it you have to have your 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 workouts your reps your your physical skill reps right to get good at anything it's the same thing with the mind you need the mental reps and you don't go to the gym you don't just you know block one shot right you don't just kick one shot you don't make one pass constant back and forth when you dribble right you don't just dribble once right you don't just dribble for one day right you continue to do it it's the same with mindfulness and the more times you notice when you're not in the moment instead of beating yourself up say okay that's a gift actually because now the only time again you notice when you're not in the moment is when you're in the moment because there's no way other way to do it your mind has wandered i'll bring it back and you could then set your mind ahead of time right with some thoughts as a mindful anchor you can take a breath you can notice wow I'm feeling pretty angry right now. I'm frustrated with my coach. I'm not getting enough playing time. Those kinds of things that, that never happen right on the, on the field. Um, you might notice and tune in to how you're feeling in your body. That is a mindful anchor. And instead of thinking about all how you're upset, if you tune into the feeling of the body, that presence, that helps calm the mind. That helps calm the body down. So the presence is like... You know, I, there's none more important than each other in the five Ps, but you can be mindful about everything, right? And so it helps. It's sort of like the the core, in a way, of the five Ps is the is their mindful presence. Um, and for an athlete, the ultimate level to be playing in is flow, right? Is the zone. And the only way to do that, and this is maybe the opposite of what I'm saying here. Um, is to not be thinking, okay? We talk about mindfulness, mindfulness of thoughts, these 60,000 thoughts. But when you start slowing the mind down, you start noticing more. You become more intentional. You become more focused. And when you're more focused and calm and relaxed, you have more of an ability to get into the flow state. And certainly, if you're brand new to a sport and you're learning new skills, it's very hard to get into flow because you need a certain level of skill, okay? And the challenge can't be too overwhelming for you. So there has to be a balance there, all right? But when you start playing and you get to a certain level of play, you can very much get into flow. And that is literally like the ultimate of being an athlete. And we've all been there. And maybe it's just like talking with a friend, right? or reading a, an amazing book or seeing a movie, sometimes it's even that or being with a pet, right? It could just be flow of that. But we have flow, we see athletes in flow and then we're like, they can't miss a shot. They can't miss a pass. They're like they're, everywhere they go is perfect, right? They're blocking everything. And so mindfulness and presence allows us to get more into flow, but then we have to sort of drop the thinking even though we've thought and we've guided thoughts, we're just there, totally present. And we don't need to think anymore. We're just being, we're playing, playing present. Um, so that's a big P. And the last P, and this comes down to the support we get. It's the positive support, really the positive circle of support. And there's, there's a lot of people that could be involved here, right? So. Some of the support is what we're doing right here, Chris. You know, we're having a conversation, a webinar to share information with people. That's a support structure. 
but it very much a lot of times the coach is the support right that positive person and it's not always just like giving you know positive encouragement that's really important but it's noticing when to push an athlete a little bit harder right noticing when to call them out that they're not being as much as you know they can be when they lose the passion or purpose to remind them of that so that's really really a critical skill to be able to do that as as a coach or you know think about as a parent um you know, so, but, you know, that positive support, it could be a parent, it could be a friend, a colleague, a teacher, somebody that you can just kind of know you won't get judged, know that whatever you say won't be made wrong. Um, you could be vulnerable and you won't get picked on, right? Sometimes teams, you know, they could be brutal with each other, right? Um, especially boys teams. <laughs> Even girls teams, absolutely too. Um, but it's just uh, that positive support. So those are the five P's. They all support the physical skill. And again, think about this in terms of like a traffic signal. You can go and assess your own five P's as the player, as the coach, as the parent and say, okay, where am I in my passion? Do I have a lot of parenting passion going on? Maybe connect back with that why or coaching, you know, because coaches get burned out too. That's a big uh, health issue, right? Coaches, um, boy, they go through a lot of stuff, especially with all of what's going on right now with the return to play and kids are more anxious and there's a lot to deal with here. Um, and we could talk a little bit about that too, because, you know, you've got all these outside factors going on, right? Um, uncertainties. The one thing that you can be certain about are these mindful anchors. So think about this. You know, life is uncertain and it always will be. We don't know where we're going to be next moment, right? Next next minute, next. We don't know where the, you know, whether we're going to win or lose, whether we're going to be on the field or not. Um, but you can always count on your mindful anchors. They're grounding. They can make you put you right back into the moment and quiet the mind. So you don't get kind of caught up in that uncertainty, that overwhelm. Um, and we all do it. My goodness, I've been teaching this for a while. I still get caught up in there. I still got to be reminded, be where my feet are, focus on my breath, um, use my senses, tune into a sound, you know, those kinds of things. Um, you know, I'm not perfect with it. We're, we're you know, that's how, that's how we're wired. Again, the brain Human is nature, wired yeah. to notice the negative, um, which is like a Velcro. So we're just kind of constantly noticing and shifting and building that mental mindful muscle. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So uh, I've got I've got the, uh, the we've got the anchors. We've got the five P's, which were passion, power, purpose, uh, presence, and positive support. Which of course is the people, maybe an yeah. accountability partner. Um, yes. So there's a question that's coming, and it's a, it's a bit of a statement as well as a question. But it, this is what it reads. It says, with small children, their presence is everywhere. What did they? What did they do that day? What they had for lunch, etc. Often ask, what did they, what, what they did that day before a practice, which lets them get through their thoughts and get the excitement out. It really helps to get them focused on what is, focused on what is, we are going to work on in practice. Do you think that's a good way to begin practice with children, um, age seven and eight? 
is the question. Yeah, actually, yeah, you know, there's this, this old saying to, to meet people where they are, right? Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah, we spoke about that last time, right? Yeah, and that's Meeting really the only the way to really stops. truly connect deeply with somebody. So you, mm -hmm. that's a brilliant question. Thank you for asking that statement. Yes, I, I would totally get it. I mean, sometimes there's issues that are really deep that, you know, you get into that could, you know, go down a rabbit hole and stuff like that. But yeah. you, that's a great way to get people present, get people to what's going on in their life right now. Yeah. And just to notice that. And they don't have to wallow in it, even if it was really, you know, upsetting. But just mm -hmm. to acknowledge it. Yeah, that's real. Okay, I get it. I understand yeah. it. And then from there, then you can go into, okay, this is what we're going to accomplish in the practice today. We're going to yeah, do these whether, three things. Yeah, absolutely. And whether we have like a little whiteboard, whether it's arrival yeah. activities, here's what our intent's going to be, here's what our focus is, here's the behaviors we're looking for, and, and just get them in and get there, get them present. So, hey, for the next 45 minutes, this is what we're doing, da 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 da, -da. Yeah, yeah. So. and the, and the, you just think about this too on the other end. So at the end of a practice, at the end of a game, mm -hmm. and I used to do this a lot when I was coaching baseball, you know, because you always talk about the kind of the debriefing, you sit with the kids and talk about things um, and focus on, you know, it's a very positive psychology tool, like finding strengths, right? So you're noticing while you're watching, because we'll often, yeah. you know, get in the mind if it's noticing weaknesses, it's noticing what we did wrong, right? Yeah. So focus is like the strength finder exercise. So notice that. What are these kids doing that are doing well? It might be something very simple. It doesn't have to be complex things, right? Yeah. So tune into those things. And at the end, then you remind them, okay, this is what I saw today. And a lot of, you know, I'm sure a lot of coaches and parents do this already. But just as kind of a mindful reminder, maybe we need to look at it and do it a little bit more often. Um, it's a really great way to sort of, I call it a philosophy of making my last shot, making it like when I was growing up, I used to play a lot of basketball and mm -hmm. I played late into the night. And, uh, you know, even when it got dark, I was still playing with a garage light, uh, illuminating the rim. And my mindset would always be make the last shot, no matter how late I played, no matter how well I did. In my mindset, I wanted okay, to see the ball go in the hoop. All right, so and that can mean, you know, if you're a striker, you the last practice, you kick the ball through, you know, into the goal, into the goal right? Yeah. Or your keeper, you block the last shot, right? So it doesn't have to be make the last shot, but it's a mindset. And it builds positive momentum. And that's a lot of, that's a really powerful psychological skill to develop as, as well. So it's yeah. not only the before, but think about the after too. Yeah. We uh, we talk often about making your last touch your best touch. Mm, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now let's uh let's see if there's questions coming in. Okay. Um, one of the questions was is how would you go about explaining uh, COVID nineteen to children aged five, six, seven, eight in the sporting environment? How do you how do you go about that? I don't know whether that's in a mindfulness <laughs> or whether you want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh, we'll refer I could, that I could give, about. you know, uh, a lot of opinions there, right? But they're yeah. not, you know, um, wow. I, I could say this, though, to that. Um, yeah. Let's talk about a larger perspective. Let's just say uncertainty, right? We touched on yeah. that a little. How do you explain uncertainty to kids? Because that's yeah. what it is. This is, it's hard, right? Stop at your play, school cancellations, stop yeah. games. I mean, again, this is a life yeah, that we've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Masks yeah. in grocery stores. Now, you know, 
<laughs> all kinds of things yeah yeah it's 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 really hard but it's just dealing with with uncertainty and understand that you know if you can give a kid some grounding even at five or six or seven yeah. um again these are certainties Twenty thousand breaths every day that's what that's what the average person has tune into one of those breaths that's certain right yeah your body is with you all the time Tune into your heart. You have 100,000 beats a day. Tune into that. Put your hand on your heart and feel it. Mm -hmm. Notice your feet. The senses, you know, or, you know, hopefully we have availability of all the senses. Yeah. And if we do, use them. Notice that. Um, you know, and then there's there's another piece there, too. Those are all certainties, but you cannot guarantee the next moment, right? But you can you can create the certainty in your mind and so you're not as impacted by it as much you know um I said, limit, I mean, that's a just, wonderful question about you know how to explain that to kids and yeah. i'm sure there's some great resources out there yeah i would say live you know being present like you said living yes we're in the here and now right yeah and, and i think i saw a stat and we discussed it before i think 30 percent of people uh look in the past 60 look to the future but only 10 percent of our time is spent in the present exactly so how, how can we expand upon that and just uh and and i think you you gave us the techniques there how to be present what are we noticing what are we seeing what are we smelling uh feel your feet where, where are your feet be where your feet are i think is uh the term you use but just given that little bounce right to reconnect us to the earth and where we're at um yeah but yeah, and as, and as you're playing, you know, as you're practicing, and obviously not in a game situation, right? But really mm -hmm. feel your body while you're dribbling the ball, yeah. you know, and, and notice what that feels like. Obviously, become we want it to be automatic, right? So you do it instinctually, but just a, you know, just a mental flip of the switch, real quick. Oh, feel my body, and then go yeah. back to having it automatic. And I think you'll find that that is a little grounding, okay? Because again, automatic means we're we're in our head, right? It's automatic which is fine, which is great, because when automatic happens is when we can get into flow easier. But sometimes we can mm -hmm. also get out of flow and get into upset. So just kind of shift yeah. it quickly. Yeah, brilliant. Well, Todd, there's no questions that are coming through yet. Okay. So let me ask you, how can, how can people reach you? How can people follow you? How can people get more of your work, you know, and we yeah. did share the, the the web address, but if you want to share that again, that would be uh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you can find me. So it, my website is uh, toddcorbin.com, T-O-D-D-C-O-R-B-I-N.com, um, and I do a lot of online programming. I've actually been doing online programming. You know, a lot of people had to switch, you know, with the COVID stuff, but I've been teaching online for three years or more. Because um, you can reach a lot more people that way. And I, I do have a group. Um, it's pretty new. We just uh, launched it about a month ago. Um, it's it's entirely for student athletes. Um, and uh, it's a four-week program, uh, one hour a week. And then and that's in a group set, setting on, on Zoom. And then we have one uh, personal one-on-one -on -one session with me. Which is which is really great because we can cover any of the mindful skills or what's going on in the soccer field or you know how do you use yeah. these in my my play um, and you and you'll see that if you go to my website you'll just see the uh, 
the link for that. I got a new uh, session starting up uh, next Wednesday, the 22nd, and then we'll, you know, probably have another one later on. And there's also a program too, you'll notice for uh, the coaches out there and the, and the parents. Um, and and uh, and then lastly, if you, you know, you'll see my book out there, which you can get, um, Mindfulness for Student Athletes. When I, when I wrote it with my friend, Gina Beagle, who's really amazing in terms of working with teens and mindfulness, um, we wanted it to be very usable. So we created a, it's, it's more of a, almost you could say a workbook. And it's got 32 activities in there and they're short. And you got, there's like a lot of mindful practices where you're writing things down and noticing things and using your breath and your body and your senses in different ways. And then you're getting more information. You're tuning into things like, okay, when I played well today, when I had a good practice, not only what does that mean, but what what was I thinking? What was I feeling? What was I noticing? And it's like a recipe. If you played well, there's certain things you did, there's certain things you thought, you helps you tune into those things and you can see more of that. And then you can like, I really like this recipe, so I'm gonna make it again. And so then you can kind of see and play with it. There's also recipes for like weak performances, right? When we flub up a match or, you know, a, a practice and you'll notice what those are and you'll notice how those make you feel and thoughts and stuff. And maybe, maybe you didn't get enough sleep and maybe you weren't hydrated and all these things that you can look at. And then you can kind of set the recipe and notice, okay, that's my recipe for not playing well. And it's not a guarantee. Again, there's no guarantees, but these are clues. These are ways that you can tune into, um, and these are what high-level athletes do all the time. They're really fine-tuning, and their coaches are really fine-tuning. Okay, I noticed this about you. When you were playing really well, this was going on. You had these mannerisms, and this you had this routine. And so how do we build more of that in? Um, yeah. So that's one of the, you know, there's a lot of those kinds of activities in the book. Brilliant. You know, it's on Amazon. You know, you search mindfulness and student-athletes are my name. You know, I think get it for like 12 bucks um, and you can bring me home. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's 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 designed to be very usable. And I and I have had a lot of really good success. Kids have told me and the coaches and the parents um, it's it's really been helpful. So brilliant, brilliant. There, there was a statement that's come in and it's, uh, from Debbie. She says Todd yeah. has a very calming aura about him, which calms her. Um, oh, so wonderful. She, Debbie, thank you. Wow. You she's just made a, my day. <laughs> uh, yeah, re, she's a retired PE teacher. Oh, um, okay. Coaches within the club. Works, Wonderful. But, uh, huge. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. Well, Todd, listen, we, we've taken this 55 minutes has absolutely flown by. Um, I can't thank you enough. Is there is there any questions maybe that I should have asked you that I didn't? Um, mm. Yeah, that's great. Well, for, well, first I wanted to just say thank you, Chris. Yeah. This has been a amazing sharing and you know you mentioned 55 minutes has flown by that's you know it's it's like we're kind of in flow right you don't even notice yeah. the 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 time is going by it's like flying um you know timeless you know i i would say this to everybody um understand you know where wherever you're at is okay and know wherever you want to be you can get there Okay. And sometimes you don't even know where you want to go. Okay. And that's okay too. Um, 
And that's what mindfulness right. is about. You tap into some of these whys yeah. and the passion and your power, and they, that some things change, you know, so understand that too. Um, but wherever you're at is fine right now. Um, and wherever you're going, you can get there. And because I have, um, it just takes a little bit of, of awareness and a little bit of mindfulness of your choices. Um, and if people are really interested, you know, that's what I help kids do. That's why I help coaches and um, you tune into some of those, the five P's and stuff. And I've done that for me. It's been brilliant. Um, yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this question then, Todd. But say if you don't like where you're at. Yes. And how can you expedite getting to where you want to be if you don't like where you're at? Yeah, and that's 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 my journey, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't liking yeah. where I was, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a motivation there for you. That's the internal motivation. You don't like where you're at. You're going to want to change things. But a lot of times you don't know where to start, right? You try yeah. a lot of things and some work, some don't. Um, so that's there's probably more people that are there. If you really are honest and truthful with you know where you're at, you might not be happy with every aspect of your life. Probably nobody is, right? Because um, yeah. we're always trying to, to get there. So again, that's okay that you're not happy where you're at. That's okay. Um, you you just I would say you would need a guide to kind of help you push you through. I mean, I'm a coach, and I yeah. still have coaches. I have coaches that help me keep me on track. Um, I got four coaches really in different areas, yeah. um, and and mentors and various people. So that's what I invite. You know, find those yeah. pieces. It's okay to, to not be where you're happy about. That's great. Be motivated. You can move through that. And that would be number five on our five P's, positive support. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, well. brilliant, Chris. Thank you. Brilliant. for. Uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, Super. you got it. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Todd. We'll be in touch. Everybody yeah. who on this and will watch this later, thank you. Again, the, uh, the web address was toddcorbin.com. The book was uh, called Mindful Athletes, I believe. Yeah, uh, Mindfulness Mindful, for Student Athletes. Yeah, Mindfulness student. for Student Athletes, yeah. available on Amazon and uh, is in 18 countries, I think you said? Um, yes, we've we've yeah. uh, worked with people, and it's probably in more than that, but that's at yeah. least what I know yeah. of. <laughs> okay, good, good, yeah. good, good. So anyway, brilliant. Thank you so much, Todd, and thanks, everybody, for joining us, and thanks, everybody, who will watch this later. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Great. Bye, Bye now. Thanks for listening to Coach's Education exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network.